Hello there, so Joel Hughes here from Glass Mountains. I'm doing my daily um, lockdown walk to get the old steps up. So I thought I would get a podcast out at the same time. <clears throat> so I run a web design company specialising in WordPress. We've been running since about 2001. Car passing. Hopefully that doesn't completely destroy the audio. <clears throat> yeah, running since about 2001. And I'll save the full history and background of the company for a later podcast. As I'd like to get straight to the point today in that we, I, fired a client this morning. And that's probably, if I think back, I think that's the first time in 15 years that I've done that. To give give an example of the project, it was a typical WordPress redesign project. We go into an existing website and we're going to redesign it. However, as I'm sure you know, a redesign isn't just surface deep. We've got to look at how the data is structured within WordPress, see what the client's trying to achieve, because if the foundations aren't solid, it's going to be a nightmare. Right, so I started speaking to this client in December and I had my red flags. What are those red flags? Well, one of them, and again, well, these red flags, these are your indicators by whether you can work with this client or not. They're things which you develop over time. And the red flags are things like, you know, how amiable are they? I mean, you've got to want to get along with this person. You're going to be spending a lot of time on the project. So you, you don't want it to be a pain in the ass. Secondly, and I think probably one of the most important ones is that you want to find out, is this person prepared to listen? Are they prepared to take on ideas? Because a successful relationship between a web design, a web designer or a web design agency like we are and the client is very much a partnership. Nobody knows the business like the client. That's fair enough. But the client, if they brought on board web design expertise, then no one knows that expertise and what the web can do and all the facilities and all what what normally works well on websites. Nobody knows that in that relationship better than the web design agency. So obviously the aim of the project is to bring those two core sets of skills together to produce an online presence which is more valuable to the client in some fashion. That's the idea. Now for that to work, the client needs to be able to listen to the ideas. The web designer needs to be able to take feedback, uh, constructive feedback, and between the two, they can work their way forward, creating that crafted, unique solution for the client. So, going back to the red flags, I felt that the client, who was a single person business, which again is a bit of a red flag, I typically deal with bigger businesses. They're more ongoing concerns. They've got some of the trappings of slightly bigger businesses, whether that's five to 50 to 250 employees, rather than a single person. Um, I I find single person business with nothing else, with nobody else, 
they can almost be a little bit defensive. They're so used to having to deal with everything, it can fray them a little. That's not always the case, but it's just something that I found. Um, so I found him a little defensive. He didn't seem to listen. And there were a few things in email exchanges where it's sort of, I just don't know what you mean by that. I can remember thinking, I don't mean confusing explanations, but um, almost looking to catch me out in things. And that kind, those kind of tactics, etc. they've got no place in any kind of partnership where you're trying to work with a client that needs to be based on trust and openness. So there were a few points like that. I was concerned about a few exchanges. I was concerned about the elements of trust, the elements of listening. Was this client able to listen? And um, a bigger red flag as well was that the client had apparently run a web design company before, which in one way is a bonus if they understand some of the mechanics, but then that can be a curse as well if the client thinks that they know everything. Another red flag, oh, I'm remembering them now, see? Another red flag is the client who produced a design. Well, I, what, a phrase which I use is that, you know, my company, we're not short order chefs. We're not here just to do as you say. Now, that might sound big headed, but we don't deliver any value then. If you come to us and say, we have to go do it and do it exactly this way, and we're not interested in what you've got to say about it, well, we're just not bringing much to the table. And that if I don't get the opportunity to add value, to show what the options are, to, to investigate why decisions have been made, then I, I say, I don't think we're adding value, and we're not the right people for that project. Um, so yeah, having a, the design must look like this as part of it, that was a red flag. There were some other oddities within the, the, the client's brief again, which, which, which concerned me. But again, I, I mean, I've been running a long time now, so I, part of my role, I think, is to sort of liaise and triage new clients to get them to understand those expectations and to work with them so that they so that so we can jointly agree on a schedule of work and an agreeable price and time frames and all that kind of stuff so i was happy to put it down to that kind of you know, as part of as part of the journey with this client um and so we carried on um i like to start planning the website using a sitemap looking into some of the technical decisions about how the content has been organized on the existing website we want to revisit any legacy decision to make sure we're not just pouring old problems into the new website um are we are we restructuring things so it makes it easier for the end user for it does it make it better for seo and all of those kind of decisions so a proper in deep in-depth web design is more than just changing the theme yeah, so we carried on with that and uh, we I presented the original home the, the new a new concept homepage design to the client this morning and that's always a slightly nerve-wracking affair partially because the first design tends to be the one that's furthest away from the end goal you're you know it's a great visual vehicle 
for everybody to look at and say, we like this, we don't like that. Um, introduce changes, and after a couple of iterations, it's pretty rock solid then. Now, I knew before this call, this guy wasn't going to like it. He wasn't going to like it because he hadn't done it. So if I'm, if I'm honest with you, I knew this problem was, was coming. So I had the call with him th this morning, and yeah, sure enough, he didn't like any elements of it. And he started sweeping generalizations about which bits of the website people use and don't use without any reference to say hard data or Google Analytics. And so it wasn't an argument we were getting into. I, he did not want to be challenged on any of the assumptions he was making. He was not interested in any of the decisions, reasons why we'd made decisions in terms of the design. Now, without that basic dialogue approach, the project's lost. Because from that situation, if I can't say anything constructive and that won't be taken seriously, then we're not adding value and we're just accepting orders, which Sometimes on a project, you might go, God, you know, I'm just going to shut up and put up here. However, on many projects, you just can't afford to do that. Because certain things have ramifications with how the data is stored on the website. And if you get that bit wrong, oh my, you have problems all over the shop. And just because the client hasn't thought it through now and they want certain data to appear a certain way on another on one page, and if that's linked to another section, and if that hasn't been thought through, it's got, it, it can end up being a world of, world of problems. So during the call, we reached the point where I said, look, I just don't think this is going to go any, go any further. So I'm going to fully refund the 25% that, that I'd, I'd taken. I think actually, just to go back a step, the, the, this, the thing that's really made my decision for me was he started to get rude about um, the design and our process and very personal in that sense completely unprofessional and not necessary and from that moment you could just simply project ahead thinking that this is just going to be an ongoing nightmare i do not want to have stress when i'm worrying about an upcoming client call i've now the business has been running since 2001 i don't need that kind of stress now we've worked hard over the years to um get good clients on board Clients who are fun, lovely, engaging, like all of last, I mean, all of the clients we've had for the last five years plus have been that kind of perfect, wonderful, fun, engaging, thoughtful client. This person wasn't. Um, so there's a couple of lessons there. One is that I should have blooming listened to my gut. There were red flags and I ignored them because I thought we could handle the situation. I have to say, I'm glad the, the company is in a strong position, certainly coming off the back of 2020, a strong position that we can say no to that work and, and refund work, even you know, refund invoices, even though we've done a load of the work, but I'm not interested in getting into a conversation, a fight about you've done that, it's worth that, no, bugger it. Have your money back and jog on kind of thing. Now, I'm sure the client could end up spinning a different story to this because the reality is they're not a bad person and they've got their own view of how the world is and I've got my own view and so ultimately here we've got a mismatch which has put us at loggerheads. Now 
if the client's got any sense, they would probably look at us and think, well, you know, they've never fired a client before in 15 years. Why suddenly now? Are they suddenly not good at their job? Well, no, we've got lots of other ongoing work with lovely clients. So that's a reflection I would hope the client would, give from, would get from this. From my perspective, I'm just not, I'm going to be sterner with how people, whether people cross, cross the threshold. I've heard this referred to in other areas as a velvet rope policy. You know, like you have it in the nightclub with the VIP area, there's a lot velvet rope. People cannot cross the rope until they meet certain criteria. Because I have to say, when I when I fired the client, and it was it was amicable, you know, we had, you know, sort of, are you sure you want to do this? That's fine. It wasn't it wasn't like a shouting match or any, anything like this. But it was a sense of relief. I knew that was the right thing to to do. Um, I think the only other thing I'd say is that at earlier stages in people's businesses, when you're more scrabbling for money, it is difficult to fire clients. Or it's difficult to fire clients who take a big chunk of your of your turnover, they're a big chunk of your, you know, of your of your weekly work. But you've got to look at your clients and think, if this person is a pain in the ass, do you really need that in your life? Because you no. Know, they drain you. Clients who are a pain in the ass, they're not going to refer you to other good clients. And that's just a funny fact of life. Pain in the ass clients will only refer you to pain in the ass clients. Great clients will refer you to great clients. That's a rule which I found. So you might ask, well, where did this guy come from? Well, uh, well, the, it was a kind of a chance encounter which isn't how we normally get work, because all of the work tends to be word of mouth, because we've been doing this a long time. So we've proved to people that we can do a good job. We've done websites for some very big players who, who are well connected, so they have helped bring work in. But ultimately, we've done a good job with our work, and the work has been the biggest marketing asset. Um, so yes, if you're in a less financially stable situation it can be daunting to think Christ can I get rid of this client but think of this right if you get rid of the client you will be without all that stress now I know there's a financial hole but bear in mind as well there's only a finite amount of time in the week for you to work on projects it's only a finite amount of time you've got available to give your best efforts that client is, is robbing you of that time. That client is robbing other great clients out there from using your services. So it's a double whammy. They're giving you the stress and they're stopping you from engaging with other good clients. And finally, as a bonus, if you've been the client, it becomes somebody else's responsibility. And there we go.